search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome, BBCs, to episode number 155 of the Broken by Concept podcast, the number one League of Legends solo queue, motivational and educational podcast. Curtis, jumping straight into the meat of our podcast. We don't like to mess around and, you know, we go straight into the details, Curtis. This is an observation. And I want to explore this, Curtis. Okay. Where is this heading? And I want to frame this. Actually, first, let me read the comment. Okay. All right. So, you know, uh, we read the comments, right? We love our our BBC community. And do you notice this comment pop up a lot, Curtis, where people say like... um, Here's a comment literally from one of our last episodes from um, Dodonus. And he says, I don't know how it works, but your podcast literally always fixes my mental in league. Always. When I tilt too much, I just listen to one of your podcasts and I'm good again. So it's sort of like, it sounds like what he's saying. is like, okay, so he watches our podcast. He's good for a couple of games and then he's bad again. And then he goes, watches it. It's like this yeah, concept. So get a fix. Do you see, there's actually, uh, this comment pops up a lot in our episodes. Mm. Have, you, have you noticed yeah, this? I've, noticed? I've seen that many, many times. So I thought this was an interesting observation, mm. Curtis, right? So bear with me on this. Okay. And then next up, I just a coincidence, I, I was again scrolling through our BBC comments and then some guy said, um, his name's Rockwell. Um, it goes, it's funny that so much of this podcast is just DBT. And I was thinking, okay, what's this new Zoomer talk? I, was, I had to search it up. Like, what is DBT? You know, like on the, you know, like those weird dictionary sites. And I actually got, it's actually a thinker. Is that behavioral therapy? Yes. Yeah. It's dialectal behavior therapy. Okay. Which I thought this was very interesting. So what is dialectical behavior therapy? So I had no idea. It's, I'm surprised that you knew this, Curtis. Um, dialectical behavior therapy, DBT, is a type of talk therapy, psychotherapy. It's based on cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, but it's a sp- especially adapted for people who experience emotions very intensely. Cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is a type of talk therapy that helps people understand how thoughts affect emotions and behaviors. The dialectical means combining opposite ideas. DBT focuses on helping people accept the reality of their lives and their behaviors, as well as helping them learn to change their lives, including their unhelpful behaviors. Dialectical behavior therapy was developed in the 1970s by Marsha Linehan, an American psychologist. Now, disclaimer, very important disclaimer, Curtis. We are not scientists. We're not therapists. We're not psych... What is it? The psychotherapists. (laughs) We're not psychologists. We're simply exploring the universe of League of Legends from our lens. I thought this was interesting, right? I think that that, those definitions, what, what springs to mind there, Curtis? There's some words there that we use a lot, accepting reality. Mm. Coming to terms with your, your, your situation in a way, mm. discovering the truth, kind of getting to the core reason of why you behave a certain way, like uncovering narratives, things that are shaping your behavioral patterns, right? Because that's what we find is mm. that uh, people's lack of understanding of League of Legends combined with... We always talk about how emotional the game is. We got intense emotions in the game, even though um, 
you know, again, this is League of Legends, guys, but League of Legends does bring this out of people, for, you know, especially our clients that struggle a lot to climb. And these things is causing, I mean, tilt's obviously the biggest thing, right? Mm. People are causing people to tilt and, you know, go on huge loss streaks and stuff like that. And again, this comment always pops up. I'm like, interesting, like, you know, just by listening to us talk about the game, helping them understand the game is like a, a form of like league therapy in mm. a way. Well, you know, you know, we talk a lot about being honest with yourself, right? And it's hard to be honest with yourself because you got to sit there. You got to not have any distractions. And, you know, the David Goggins quote that we talk about over and over again is the most important conversation you have is the one you have with yourself. But, you know, there's two parts of that. There is taking the time to block out all the distractions, like stop all the incoming noise to actually let your brain think and actually do some introspection. But then there's also, it's tough being honest with yourself, right? Because you're vulnerable and you don't, sometimes we don't want to know why we feel this way or we don't want to really get to the truth of it. And in a way, you know, I guess this podcast raises questions, gets people thinking, oh, maybe... Maybe that is like me as well. Maybe, oh yeah, that what they said there about that guy, that client or that person's story, that mailbag question. Hmm. I that, can relate to that. I can relate to that. That yeah. sounds a lot like me. I've used that language before. I feel like that myself. And that probably starts that chain of events, which leads them to question more about themselves and maybe lead down. The, we're like kind of helping them kickstart their introspection in a way. I'm just spitballing here, right? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It, we, we could be kind of coincidentally starting that that i guess chain series of events mm. um yeah it's very very interesting i mean we don't really because you know we, we never intended this yeah. podcast to sort of no. be that you know what i mean it's like and this is the sort of comments that we're getting mm. you know and i think that's really interesting it's like, like maybe we're doing a bad job but if it's just short term like people just listen to the podcast they're all mm. good for a couple of games and then we're not giving them the full tools. maybe we're not going deep enough yeah the full tools to like okay well why is that happening yeah. but but then i go back to i think that's just the nature of league like you should be frustrated and i think tilting is somewhat of a good thing because it means mm. you care you're really trying to figure out like you know i i see it with uh, myself and my clients was like you know you get <laughs> angry with yourself it's like why am i making the same mistake over again but i think that helps you fix the mistake you know <laughs> it's funny you say that because i actually got a, a dm today saying curtis you know these are my two problems one of them was something about a game or whatever and then the other one was i feel so tilted after the first game i play and then i said okay this is my response i said mm. why what specifically makes you feel tilted and he said great question I get tilted when my teammates don't do well. I said, okay, why? What about that? Is it that, that you feel like they're ruining and sabotaging your game? What about your teammates not doing well? Do you not? But how interesting is that? I'm actually, that's my response. Now, without even thinking, my response is not to give them an answer. No. My response is, I can't answer that question. No. I can't give you advice because I need to know why you feel that way. Yeah. But anyway, that's what CB... I'm pretty sure, and again, don't quote me on this way. <laughs> Disclaimer, like Disclaimer. Nathan said, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about here. <laughs> but, you know, I, I believe that's what a part of CBT is. It's kind of the person asking questions, prompting you, getting you to think about why you feel that way and kind of digging deeper and digging deeper. So I feel like the, I've done that out of necessity. We've structured this show that way because there is no other way. Like, like, I mean, there's only two options, right? You put a bandaid, slap a bandaid over it, pretend nothing's wrong, you know, and just continue to just tunnel vision on whatever you need to do next to block out the noise. 
or it's okay we're gonna really get into the shit here there's a scar here let's like figure out what's really caused that scar and let's try and fucking heal heal this scar long term long term right yeah. right spot on um so you're sort of saying we've like naturally just because it's out of no other solution. what's the other yeah. solution like yeah. i could give that kind of answer you know what man you so need you general answers like you shouldn't you know focus on your focus team. on yeah, <laughs> yeah focus on yourself focus on your own mistakes you know <laughs> look at how you're contributing to games but for those that, what i've realized is that it doesn't change their behavior no. it doesn't get them anywhere yeah. yeah it makes them they might feel good temporarily like like maybe some people who watch this podcast for like a week or a day or two days but then they come back and then i see them complaining in the discord oh another zero three block and then i have to dm them again and we go through the same thing because I, that's what's happened over the years mm. it doesn't lead to anything so i i got to i got to ask them that question and what i say and like I had another one, literally. Actually, you know what? I'm actually going to read it. What I said. I said you got to be honest with yourself because I feel like I can't. I can't tell you what to do. So yeah, there's this one. He said, "Yeah, after the coaching session, I was pretty excited since I had clear goals to improve on, but I ended up playing less than I did before the coaching." I've done this to myself when I was self-teaching where I realized what goals to focus on and ended up playing dramatically less. Just just asking now before I end up three weeks down the line with only a couple of blocks played, have you encountered anyone else in the MLA with this problem and solution? And essentially what I said was that, well, look, I, I don't know what the root cause is, but you need to do some introspection. There's probably a reason. I spitballed. I gave him like, you know, maybe potential ideas or problems. And I said something like... Um, it could be a defense mechanism. That's usually what the case is. You don't want to give your role. You don't want to play with these learning objectives and really focus because then what's the excuse? If you Maybe because what it is, is like, I've got the coaching. I have the knowledge now. If I don't, if I'm not able to magically execute it, then that means I'm a failure because yeah. I have the knowledge right now. So they're scared to execute because it's like, okay, what happens if I don't? What, what happens? Knowledge? Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then what he said, is, yeah, it might be that because I don't really try and get better at, get better than average at most games and my friends hype me up for it like you said i'm probably scared if i try and nothing comes of it and that i might be a phony that's kind of what he said perfect and so like again i don't i didn't i don't know but he needs to and what i basically said again is okay well that could be the case do some introspection take some time to really like look inwards and you know if you're honest with yourself and it's hard to do chances are you're going to find something in there but Again, that's, it's not because I want to say that. It's not because that's, it's not because I don't, it's not because that's the, get this guy off my back. It's the only way to truly help someone is by giving them to the tools to help themselves. Mm. And unless I know what the actual problem is, we can't tell them what toolkit. Do they need to play less games? I don't know. Do they need to play more games? I don't know. Do they need to review more? I don't know. Do they need to fix their champel? Do they need to take a break from the game? We can't give them the solution until we know the true answer. So yeah, I mean, in a way, um, in a way, maybe that's what we do on the podcast. Maybe that, maybe this, this, this podcast is a giant fucking, you know, CBT session at scale. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Somehow. Know. I don't know. Man. We, we, just, we don't even know. We, we, when we created this podcast, we didn't even know what it really was. No. Right. We had a name. Right, which is roughly we so want to help talk people about solo queue. Talk yeah. about solo queue and help people with solo queue. Yeah. We didn't really know how that was going to look or what we would even really talk about. We've just kind of stumbled around and be like, okay, this is kind of this works, this doesn't work. It's kind of cool. People kind of resonate with this. People kind of don't resonate with that. And we've just stumbled on what we have now. 
the podcast probably will be different again in another year or two years from now. Who knows what the podcast is going to look like? We'll just be like full psychologists, like do Curtis will just get a medical degree, or, or maybe it's the exact opposite. Maybe we don't. We decide that's a, you know we can't help people with yeah, that. And maybe we, just we, don't we go, go full that. gameplay. Yeah, full gameplay. That's, I don't know. That's very interesting. But that the, would be probably better for our current qualifications. Probably. And, and and just on this before we move on, like when people get tilted, right, or have any emotion any any like problem with anger frustration thought i literally have this this framework i say okay we have two choices here we can either choose to work on reducing the severity of that like why why like trying to understand why is it so why are you so angry like why are you so frustrated here what is it about this game this moment that has left you really so, break it down yeah like why hmm. or okay let's develop a toolkit to minimize the damage you're gonna do with that anger and with that frustration. They're two different things, mm. right? And depending on the severity of the anger, that's where I'm going to really direct my attention because what most people do is they come to us and they say, Curtis, I'm anger, angry, I'm pissed off. They type something in the chat in our Discord and they expect us to give them a solution about how do I get cal- how do I calm down? The problem, in my opinion, for 95% of people isn't... That, it's not that they don't have a... It's not that a solution or a, a toolkit wouldn't help. It's like... Why are you so that? Why are you that level of jacked up after this one game? That is the problem. You shouldn't be wanting to quit the game after one game of League of Legends. That is that's not normal. That is not normal. You shouldn't be consistently trying to end your block at one game multiple times a week. That is not normal. That is the problem. That's yeah. why you're not climbing. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of tying into again. Let's like this. We can either address the root cause of the problem, or we can figure out a tool or a band aid solution to slap over the top. It's interesting how people always gravitate. They want the band aid solution. That when you just say some, it's like it's when I answer those questions in the Discord. It's like it's like a lot of pressure. And we're like, okay, I got it. This three sentences, bam, problem solved. You know, versus like you got to do work yourself, dude. You got to do some introspection here, man. You yeah. know, like, and you know, you know, a lot of the time that comes to. I actually had a conversation with my academy members. Like, dude, do you actually enjoy the game? Hmm. We talked about the imp- the importance of the enjoyment from expecting. He's just to listen to that guy talk. He loves League of Legends. Lo- 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 Bio loves League. Bio Panther loves League of Legends as well, right? And you know that's a huge important part of. It. I mean, obviously that's not all, mm. all it, but you know, usually I usually find that that's where I lead to. You know, at the end, it's like they just realize they're just playing. Yeah, you know, you, you're spot on. But this is this is my this is my inner guilt by saying that. Though I'm going to explain like how I sometimes feel guilty. So like you're spot on. I feel exactly the same. Where it's like, is this guy really enjoying league? Does this guy enjoy league? Is league for him? That's a, that's an important question. Like. What right. about uh, enjoying versus like, does this person want to actually improve? Like do the hard work to improve? Right. Like that's that's another well. really yeah. great quality question. Yeah. Do you do you even want to, yeah. Are you willing to, to do what it takes to improve at the game? Do you understand what is necessary to improve at a game like League? Do you have fun, enjoy the game? Do you want to take, do you want to take it seriously? Right. These are all very important questions, right? But then there's like, you know, tying back to the fun aspect. Fun is, is definitely a part of it, but it's only, it is only a part of it. Cause I, if I'm going to be honest, like I don't queue up and it's not like I'm having fun every moment. No, You know, there's, there's there, like, I had this conversation on the discord the other day with Niall and stuff. We we're talking about how like fun, yes, there are moments in league that are very fun, 
but the word that we use the most is actually just satisfying and 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 we get contentment and satisfaction from putting effort into something learning something getting better at something and then applying that and then and then chipping away and then and learning about ourselves and and developing a skill that is really and and because we enjoy that skill we enjoy league as a game and we do have fun at times and like at times during those games it's kind of like like I don't see myself bouncing up and down in the game. No. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. It's like that's not the emotion that I. No. I will get frustrated. You know, I will mm. get angry. I will get pissed off. I will get a bit annoyed. But it's more. You're in. Fl- I enjoy being in the flow state. That's not really a fun state, is it? It's it's more of like a a zen state, really, more than anything. It's just the focus state. It's it feels great. Yeah. Satisfying. And we say for league. It's it's rare to get that feeling in other any other aspects of your life. It's hard, you know, when you're really good at like at something, whether it's league or anything like that. Yeah. Like getting like you know, I'm sure people experience that in other sports and all yeah. that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, that's just it's addictive, sort of to get it's to addictive. that. Yeah, it's very addictive, and it's con- and and the great thing about league, it's you're doing that at a click of a button in your own home. Yeah, it's crazy that that's that's, a, that's the cool possible. Thing. Yeah. You're in a high competitive, fast-paced environment. Your brain's ticking, bam, bam, bam. And I'm just, you know, literally then I just go to the kitchen, grab a water and then come back. Like, that's crazy, dude. It's incredible. That's incredible. That's why League is the best game, man. Honestly. It's incredible. That's what we take for granted on a day-to-day basis. So, uh, bringing it back to Mm. the CTB, um, again, coincidence, um, I had a couple of... um, Weeks ago, this reminded me, this conversation, these comments that I that I found on the BBC channel. Um, Gwen from my academy, she sent me a, um, a list of these nine thinking habits um, from CBT, from Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And I want to read these out here. And what I want to do, let's do an exercise, Curtis. Each one, I want us to get some, let's do some league examples. All right? Okay. So these are the nine thinking habits from... Uh, CT CBT CBT I always get that confused because we know someone called CTB in game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So the number one, the I can't habit. You automatically conclude that you're not capable of meeting a new challenge or solving a tough problem, which often makes you give up before you even try and feel anxious and sad. Okay. Then the first one that really sprang to mind there, <clears throat> I mean, there's two actually. The first one is, I've never played Assassins before. They're really daunting and scary. I come from a mage background. So then when you do try, you're, you you barely even attempt it because you're just half-assing it. And then you're nervous and you're judging yourself and you never learn it. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You already concluded before you even tried that you're incapable of doing it. Mm. So you're never going to do it. Mm. Um, the other one was climbing through a plateau point. Like you, it's like these master players you're in diamond these master players are special they're talented they're crazy or a master going to grandmaster or whatever rank it is a significant jump in skill platinum going to diamond and it's like they've already concluded i'm not the person that should be a master player that's not what i envision myself as being i've i identify myself as a diamond player therefore you know that sabbath that just prevents you from really just giving a role in my opinion. I don't know if that's the right application, but that's what comes to my mind. Uh, what about that guy? You made that video, actually. Do you want to touch on that, Curtis? The the silver player from mm. your school, that the Melzahar yeah. player that gave up. Mm. 
Why did he give up? Well, yeah, for him it was, you know, he just felt like, okay, so for him, his story was he did stick to a champel. He stuck to Mal's one, Mal's one trick. Yep. It, it ticked every box, like simple identity. He did all that. He played a lot of games. He had the games played as well. He, um, he, you know, he tried to play with a process from what he said and, and, and tried to review. He tried, he, he was following in what his mind was all the things that he needed to do to get to gold. But even after a lot of, quite a lot of games and he was plateaued for high silver for months. And I think it wore down, wore him down over time. Like, I think what, what happened with him, it was, okay, I've been a month here and I, I'm still not there. And there was obviously other factors at play. Like he was nervous. You can tell he was nervous in getting to gold. And then you could tell, I think there was an element of a fake process or a fake review process specifically. He wasn't really kind of getting into the details, probably focusing on the LP more and more and more. The frustration grew over time, over the months to the point where he probably wasn't getting into the details as much as he should have. Getting sloppy on fundamentals, disrespecting the 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 uh, the execution and muscle memory aspect of getting better at League of Legends, right? So like... You can tell he understood the concepts, but he didn't know. He kind of automatically said to himself, I've got this amount of games, so I should be able to do it. Rather than like, okay, just because I played that amount of games doesn't mean I, I should automatically be able to do it because you may not be playing with intent mm. to focus on those things. Mm. You know what I mean? This is where everyone's journey is different and people learn at different paces. Yeah. And yeah, you can't. It's very be... messy. There's, I think there's many things that play there. Yeah, that's there's, really complicated. It's very, very complicated. I mean, like, and he, by the way, he actually watched that video and he commented on the video. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. really? What did yeah. he say? Yeah. I mean, I can actually read it out if you want to keep, if you want to keep going, but I can get, peel it up now. It was interesting. Um, all right. So we'll move on to the second point yeah. here. The catastrophizing habit. Catastrophizing habit. You expect disaster and think, what if? Whenever you're faced with uncertainty and you spend a lot of energy feeling needlessly panicky and anxious. So do you have anything that jumps out for that one? Catastrophe habit. So, so, so that's basically saying, you know... You that, expect disaster and think, what if? Ah, oh, so it's like, it's like they're worried about... It's kind of like, okay, oh yeah. Well, the oh, what happens if I, if I don't get to this rank? Or, yeah, what happens if I try? That, what happens if I play 100 games of that champion and I'm still shit of that champ? Yeah. What happens if I... If I do three blocks, I do the process, I do everything and I don't climb. That's kind of what we're talking about before. What if I actually try with these learning objectives and I expose myself? I'm just a phony. Yes. I'm not good at games. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad, I think that's extremely common. Love that one. Um, but just, yeah, time back to the, the, yeah. So he commented, he said, basically, thank you for um, taking the time. Uh, he said me leaving was actually more of an impulsive reaction as a result of my frustration. Um, I was feeling I was not capable of seeing what I was doing wrong. And like the video was very helpful for him. Like, cause I just got into the details despite all that. I would say that the feeling um, it's, you know, after seeing these games, it's actually very easy to see mistakes. Cause I think what he did, he watched his games after like now with this fresh head mindset. Um, and so, yeah, what he said here was interesting. He said, I watched all the content on your platform and I do understand the theory about wave management, warding, etc. But when I try to execute it myself, you know, I fail to remember it in the games. And like, I, I never view it as like remembering. There's no remembering. It's like you either understand it or you don't. You have the muscle memory or you don't. So I think for him, what his biggest problem, and this is what I kind of said before, he didn't respect 
the process of developing muscle memory and, yeah, and working exactly on your execution. And like, he, he couldn't consolidate that. That is extremely common, by the way. I get that question. I had this question again, exact same question today in my coaching session where people say, Curtis, I don't understand how reviewing something in the post game will help me change my behavior in game. They don't get that. They think that if I review it after the game, that that's not really going to change the behavior in the next game for some reason. They think that because the situation is different or because you need you need to focus on something in game to get better at it. They don't they don't believe in that. Like I, I did a, a session today where we got into the mid game and his mid game was atrocious. And and he's, he has this mental block with mid game like it was disgraceful right and he and he was like an og player essentially never never really reviewed so you know this full mental block crazy narrative yep. players right and we got into the mid game i'm like look your review process i said okay you're gonna do one thing you're gonna go to your mid game and you're gonna pick three confusing moments that could be a lost team fight it could be a lost 2v2 it could be you know uh Something like a, uh, a messed up, you're late to a fight, whatever it might be. Just three. You just pick three pivotal mid-game moments that can be anything. And then I, I told him this process, how to review it. And, and anyway, I explained this whole thing. And then he's like, okay, I get that. But I, I, don't, under, I, I don't know how this is going to improve my mid-game decisions in other games. And I'm like, well, and I had to sit, I had to sit there and explain for another 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, this is how it works. You're going to put yourself in a wide variety of scenarios. You're going to understand and break down all these scenarios. These scenarios are going to have many similarities to all these you other find patterns. There's going to be patterns. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, sure, this is a you're never going to see this exact scenario, yeah. but the underlying concept of like, oh, hmm. Yeah, that actually probably does make sense why we lost this team fight. I was actually split pushing on top side and I wasn't at the fight. Oh, yeah, this actually does make fight make sense why we lost this team fight. I should have been flanking when I'm playing front to back as a Carly. Like these are concepts, these are things that you will just they will click. It may not be in the the next week, it may not be in the next 3 weeks. Could it could take months. That's what I said. It, it could took take me 6 months. months for a lot of things for me. Yeah. I I say that all the time like my journey from like diamond 1 to master. Um I actually had a review session today so yeah my journey from diamond one to master um i'm getting off track a bit again so yeah I, I i'm a coach dude i understood everything that was going wrong on my games but it took me ages for it to click the execution and especially the timing like as like the, the hard part about people to understand about jungling mm. and all the coaches and theorists and stuff like that they don't really talk about this is such an insane skill of like i can read a wave in like a review or whatever. Anyone, like, you know, let's say a Diamond or a Master player, they can understand that part of the thing. But knowing the, the specific timing of like, okay, I actually can't physically get there in time, so I need to do another option. Mm. That is challenger level game. Like, that is so hard to do. And I just, I mean, I understood that and I'll just make those because I'll make the mistakes. I'll just keep going to that play even though I know the wave. I can't actually help the wave even though it's screwed and stuff like that. And I just needed to constantly see those situations and experiment and just be again really sort of you know i mean no, hard but there's on a myself. reason though that you mean speed of the play right as well like you're looking at the speed of the play it's like there's a play happening there on bot side based well, off what i say in about 30 40 seconds ha, yeah ha, exactly it's like but but the, you can look at that and you can you can make sense of that like it's like well, what's happening with the waves you can see the hp bars you can see like the champs themselves are they burst oriented are they tanky like you can actually like look at that, those variables make sense of them and move on you know what i mean like 
When you do that again and again and again and again... Yes, then you build the skill and the muscle memory. You build the skill and muscle memory. And then it's instantly... Again, I'm not thinking or remembering in the no. game. I'm, I know exactly what it, to do. See it, boom, you'll know. Yeah, I've seen that situation. So, yeah, so yeah, it's all so ties together. In my review with... Uh, yeah, so Kevin's... Because he's uh, played... He was a cane sort of one mm. trick. And now he's like playing champs like Rexon, jump sort of my pool, early game junglers. And um, he was like fucking up the timing on everything or like like overcomplicating the waves and stuff like that. And I said, that is absolutely me when I started like chill out, give this. I literally told him, I like the way you're thinking because he was talking in the review mm. with me. And I was like, I like the way you're thinking here. I, it's actually impossible for you to get this from like one or two review sessions. It's going to take you weeks, mm. months of, but keep thinking this way and you will improve significantly. Mm. So that's what sort of what I, that's what I said in the review. I said, don't stress about this, dude. Like this is what it looks like when you start playing like these um, junglers that are, you know, can really punish wave states insanely well. Yeah, it all ties together. It's the silver player, same thing. He understands the concepts at a theoretical level, but he doesn't under, he doesn't have the muscle memory yet. But this is the thing. If you don't understand that idea, that concept of that, so it's going to take time, you lose your mind. Yes. Because you think you're just chipping away and then you're getting nothing. It's like you, you think that you're hitting a, a stone wall with a bl- like a blunt, like a pencil. You think that's doing nothing. Yeah. But in reality, you're, you, you do have a good tool. It's hitting this stone and you can the cracks are forming. You're just not aware of those cracks, but you just got to keep going, keep going. And then the boom, that will like a huge crack will appear. You make big progress. Clicks. And then it all clicks. It absolutely clicks, dude. I mean, I've had that in my game. That's a respect time. for the execution aspect and the muscle memory aspect of the game. All right, um, our next one here is the all or nothing habit. You see life in extremes. For example, if your performance isn't perfect, it's a total failure. Or any event that doesn't happen one right way is all wrong. This makes you feel down on yourself or upset and irritated with others. Um, okay, so this is kind of, is this kind of like a perfectionist mindset? Yes. Right. So it's like if I if I if I can't do it perfectly, then I there's don't. There's no point do it. trying. Yeah. yeah. And if I don't get it immediately, there's no point trying. It's all thing. or nothing. You'll see life in extremes. Yeah. This is this is a good. This is an interesting one because mm. I feel like I'm definitely this. Um. All right. So let me think about. I'm trying to use my, my analogy here. I mean, I don't have many hobbies, but I like to go to the gym right nowadays. Mm. Right. Mm. All right. So I didn't go. All or nothing gym. Hmm. Did I have that mindset? Maybe it's a bad no, idea. No, I think you did. I think you did at, at, at the start. I kind of felt like at the start, you didn't want to... You, you kind of wanted to do it properly if you were going to do it. But is that a bad thing? That's what I'm saying. Is that like a bad thing? Hmm. I, think, I, I think it depends on the context, doesn't it? Because I think it can be a bad thing, but it can be a good thing. No, but then I'm reading the line here, Curtis says, mm. for example, if your performance isn't perfect, it's a total failure. Remember, we went into the gym saying we're, we suck at this. We oh, embraced okay. the so suck. We didn't so view no, it as a failure. No, it didn't right. We, we, yeah. Mm. So that's not an analogy. It doesn't apply. So I'm just trying to tie this back to league, you know, in our experiences. Um, you see life in extremes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I personally, I feel like me and you can't resonate with this in reference to league. Because I think we understand that Nothing is perfect and everything is going to be... not possible. Yeah. <laughs> like everything is going to be sloppy and shit, shit and it's going to take time and it's going to be looked like... Like th- that doesn't exist in League. You're just going to show up. Because I think we we, believe, we don't believe in like talent, for, at least for us. No, we're you know? anti-talent. Like, we're yeah. anti- t- anti-talent. So like we... But, I, but I, I guess... Have we seen that in our coaching client? Have you seen that with a coaching client? 
I'll be honest, I, nothing really jumps to my mind. I don't want to reach here. I don't, I genuinely, nothing really comes to my mind there. So I think we, maybe someone has an example of that one in the, in the comments, they can let us know, but yeah, nothing's really coming to mind there. So maybe we can move on from that one. No, there is one Curtis. I think that uh, narrative we hear all the time, it's like when people are going into ranked, so they'll only play normals, right? So it's like, so it's either I properly play this season or yeah. not play ranked at all. Yeah, I was going to say the most common one is actually, I have to play with 100% intensity or yes, not at all. Yes, beautiful. That's the most common yes, one. Yeah. Yes, we've talked yeah. about it on the podcast many times. Yeah, you, sometimes you just got to get games in and play with 80% intensity. And play there's nothing wrong shit. with that. Yeah, the sloppiness. You just got to get the reps in sometimes. Yeah, show up. Show up. It's like going to the gym and having just a really bad... Just, just do an average way. workout. Sometimes you got to do an average workout. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. So there's lots for that in league now. That's huge. That's, that's actually ginormous. Very common. All right, number four, the zooming in on the negative habit. You get stuck thinking over and over about your disappointing or embarrassing experiences and filter out everything positive or even just neutral that also happened. Blowing the negative moments way out of proportion results in pessimism about the present and future. Dude, there's a guy in my Discord. This is like literally <laughs> his name plastered all over it. I'm just going to say his name because I roast him all the time. Sammy. Right. This is you, dude. Like, Absolutely. You need to just internalize this one. Like, dude, everything. Like, I, I, he literally, I remember I had this conversation, I think, on the one of the podcasts. It's like, he was like saying that, you know, master's not impressive and, you know, you know, whatever. Like, no matter the achievement for him, it was not impressive. It was just comparing it. Being a doctor was not impressive because anyone can sit there and study, you know? Mm. Like, there's always a way to look at the negatives of anything. You can you can make anything sound negative. It's, you know, you got master, you know, oh, but there's that amount of people that are also master or that person's, all, you know... Welcome to the, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's so many, you make anything sound like average if you really want it to sound average. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think nowadays as well with, with social media and everything, I think this is extremely, extremely common. All right. The first one that comes to mind here, Curtis, is about champion hopping here, right? Mm. You get stuck thinking over about the disappointing, embarrassing experiences. You get stuck thinking about the weaknesses of the champion and not thinking about, okay, if okay. I do my job, play my identity to my champion, I'm going to get results. Or they have that one bad game with that champion. Yes, and then they and think, like, but that. And they only think about that. They <laughs> only focus that. But what if I get counted in this situation or I have that game with two losing sides and, you know, like all losing lanes, how do I win? It's like, okay, well, maybe you don't win. You win the next game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, another one that I have for that one is, yeah, I mean, bad game. I mean, uh, over-dramatizing, you know, the a block, a one-game, three-game block. You just think, okay, I went 0-3 in this block. Oh, I just suck, and my gameplay is embarrassing. And, they're over and then that affects their gameplay for the next week or months, and they tilt on their sabotage and see I later. I think another common one is, you know, they get a troll, right? They get a troll, and, and it's like, it's actually an anomaly, but because... Again, they will overemphasize that one troll and just like complain and lose their mind over that one game. It's like, okay, that happens, but it doesn't happen that often. We no. had that already, that recent BBC talking about that. So yeah, that's another one. But anyway, what counters that, by the way, um, is an understanding how the brain works. We do over, we do put more emphasis on the negatives, right? That's the way our brain works. Like we're, like naturally. Because it's like a survival thing, right? Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, I need to remember that experience and then that doesn't happen again because I could die or something like that. Yeah. And I also think it's a 
it is a little bit of a defense mechanism in some sense as well. Like emphasizing the negatives, like protects you. Yeah. Like there's something there as well. It's just easier to be negative than positive. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Because you're, because again, you're, you're vulnerable if you're positive. People can shoot you down. Yes. That's right. All right. Number five, the I should, you should have it. You hold yourself or other people to a set of rigid and unreasonable rules. When your expectations are not met, you feel disappointed in yourself or frustrated with others. This is, I think, the most common one that we've had so far. This has got expectations of teammates plastered all over it. Yep. You hold yourself or other people, your teammates, Mm. to a set of rigid and unreasonable rules. This is this is the solo queue contract. This is what we had. This is this is the main reason we had to bring about the solo queue contract, right? I mean, I uh, again, you get we get probably questions and comments on a near daily basis about. Um, I get frustrated because my teammates play shit. Okay, what do you expect them to do? You expect them to you, have, you expect to have two winning sides every yeah. game. You expect everyone just to be playing insane. And here we go every game. Good teammates. Climbing all the way up, 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 I go. I'm playing so well. I did this review with DK this week, master in maybe, maybe NA. And um, it was like, he was like popping off, right? He was like 12 and 0, like dominating, doing really good, playing really, really well. And he, throughout the game, he said, I was so frustrated by the quality of my teammates' decisions. And I'm like, dude, that is why they're master. Yeah. Like, if you're expecting these players to perfectly back off, never overstay, have perfect resets, know exactly what the next objective is, know that you're fed, if you're resetting, you expect them to back off. Dude, if they were playing like that, that's that's ruler. That's like, this is pro, that's, that's pro level, high challenger level gameplay. That is the difference. The difference between a master a lot of the time and like a challenger is like the quality of their lol state usage and awareness of the game. Like understanding how the game is playing and what they need to do in the game. A master player a lot of the time, they're very good at what they need to do. They know they know a lot about them, but they're not very cerebral. They don't think no. about the game holistically. They don't think what other people on the team want and no. how they can use them to win the game. But he was expecting everyone to be thinking like him. All right. <laughs> it's yep. crazy. And okay, you know what this is now, so... Because, you know, everyone loves... So, this this always happens when people are fed and they lose, right? But, you know, that what, that you are a hypocrite because you are solo losing all the games that you happen to, f- to forget the games that you feed or you tilt or you in for the game. The, the time when you have someone fed in your team and you're making the game so much harder for your team to win the game. People are so picky with this, this, this rule. I love this one mm. here because it's like, I should, you should in that game, but how come that doesn't apply to you in other games? You know what I mean? It, it's such a mm. cognitive, like... Um, it's just a cognitive bias. Yeah. I was going to say cognitive fuckery. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's just, it's just, it's yeah. just not how it works, it blinds dude. us. I mean, we always say, dude, it's like, you know, dude, I saw, in my journey, dude, I've solo lost my team hundreds of games, dude, but... You know, I wasn't delusional about it. You know, like I'm like, okay, well, like I'm not confused why I'm not climbing. You know, now I gotta <laughs> now I gotta chill out and, and figure out the mistakes. And you know what I mean? I just, I just, I don't want people to be confused. That's what I really chip away at this 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 this, uh, this podcast. You know, <laughs> I mean, I definitely think you're on the you're on the other side of the spectrum. Where I think you you, you maybe even sometimes take too much responsibility. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that would be, that was my fault for a long time. Absolutely, it's like okay. Made the mistake. Okay. Everyone blame me. Let's move on to the next game. Like that's like literally was my mindset. Yeah. 
And I was hated in the Oceania community for that for a long period of time. Probably still am today. All right. Um, number six, the fortune-telling habit. You jump uh, to the conclusion that you're certainly going to mess up or that a future event will be a disappointment. You tend to either get really down on yourself and feel unmotivated and depressed or feel cheated and resentful. So fortune times, so sort of like fortune telling that, okay, here we go. I'm going to go into, like, let's say you've got a zero three block. All right. I can't wait to see my next, fuck up my next mistake. Right. Or I've it's had, like, I've I can't wait to queue up and get another shit teammates. Or, yeah. Right. Your fortune telling. <laughs> but this is about you though. You're oh, going to mess right, up. Right, right. Yeah. Or that if, oh no, that if, or that a future event will be a disappointment. Mm. No, I think that it's a black or a future event is the event mm. of. Of getting into a game and having, you know, bad teammates. You're just... It's kind of before, like, emphasizing the negatives in a way, right? Like, you're just waiting. But but it, it, it's like, you know, that saying where it's like, if you're, if, you're a, um, if you're a hammer, you see everything as a, a nail. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Mm. It's like, if you're in that mindset and you're, you're, you, you, you're thinking that everything that you do is going to be a fuck up, or not going to go your way, you're going to overemphasize, you're going to nitpick all those negatives and all those things that are going wrong. And then that's going to prevent you from, you're in that away from mindset rather than towards. Love that. You know, and then you manifest that. And then that leads you to missing opportunities in a game because you're so tunneled. That person's you're losing. You're trying to fit the narrative all the time. You're trying to- It's like to self-sabotaging. It. But it's, that's the definition of like self-sabotaging behavior in a way. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. All right, number seven here, the mind reading habit. You jump to the conclusion that someone else is thinking about you and that the thought is critical. This makes you feel unsure of yourself and anxious. The first thing that comes to mind here is about pinging. Yeah. Because you're afraid to ping because... Wait, so, so what you're saying is like... So this one is more about... So you're like, jumping to the conclusion. You're thinking that thinking someone's that they're thinking, thinking about you. Yeah, you. Right. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, we like to, we've said this many times on the podcast, where we, we think we're more important than we are. Like, you know, it's like that main character theory or whatever. Main character syndrome, yeah. Yeah, we think that we're this grand, everyone's focusing on us and everyone in the game is judging our gameplay. But like, yeah, sure, they might like look at you and you make a fuck up and then they might be like, oh, this guy's an idiot. But then that's it. It's, like, it's not like they really care about you. It's not like they don't, they don't know you. They're never going to see you again. You don't know them in real life. You're not on a call with them. They have no information about you. Like no one really cares. You're not that important, you know? Um, this is what, that is such a bad thing to have on a mental stack. I actually find this for a, some of my newer players, uh, like the unranked going to rank the first time. They're mm. so, they're instantly thinking I'm getting judged on yeah. every play that I'm making because they have been in normal games. I and mean, when, you, when you play start league as a new player, you get slaughtered. You are judged all the time. This is where Mutor comes as such a handy yeah. tool to, 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 tip. to get rid of expected tip to instantly just, there's no thought you can't, there is no mind reading because you're actually not thinking that, you know, you don't see it. You can't see it. It's impossible to see. And over time, you'll just forget about it. Yeah. But I, but I do think that like you, you just need to remind yourself that like, like, you know, again, this is kind of the whole thing. It's like, okay, you can, you can say to yourself and, and have whatever, you know, defense or barrier you want to have in terms of these people don't matter. Yes. They're thinking about me, but I don't care. But in reality, like 
everyone is thinking every, people will think about you people will judge you that's right but like you got to grow a thick skin in the sense yeah. that like so what yeah you know so what like they're on the computer on the other side of the fucking country for all i know yeah. i don't really what does it matter if they think i'm the shittest player on the server okay like what does it actually matter does that opinion does that does that person's opinion really matter Right? Does that really fucking matter? Like, you're, the only people's opinion that actually matters are the people that are close to you, right? Your friends and your family, and that's basically it. And like close colleagues or whatever. I think that's sometimes hard to do if you don't have direction. You're more vulnerable and stuff like that. So, mm. if I think about the direction that we use in the BBC universe, it's like the process, right? Mm. So, if someone is like really on the process, they understand their champ mastery, you're way less to feel judged because you're like, I'm just having a blast on my journey. Because you've know. got something to look forward yeah. to in a way. Yes. Something to take away from the game regardless. Yes. You're really vulnerable when you don't know what the hell to take away from a game. Yep. That's that's scary. That's scary. That's really scary. That's actually. where a lot of people get to, and that's where they. I think that's what happened with your silver player. You know, mm. he was probably you know got beat down because he didn't know how, what was going wrong. Absolute confusion. Mm. That's a really good point. That's actually something we probably take for granted with us. There's always direction. Yeah, yeah that, like, that's that's why we're rock solid. That's why we're rock solid. Yeah, it's actually not because we're just super rock solid people. It's actually because clear process. Uh, we understand, we've studied the game so much yeah. that we understand exactly why we're winning and losing games. Yep. Nothing's no confusion, confusing. Nothing's confusing. Mm. Uh, and yeah, those are the main ones. Yeah. And we understand that sometimes we are just going to lose a game by playing well. Yep. That's it. And those are like, it's like principles. We have like principles yeah. there. that Deeply is embedded. Deeply embedded that we've developed over time. And practiced because uh, just because we had these principles, we didn't just say we got a principle and suddenly I do that. Mm. We had to really internalize this. It took a long time. Well, for mm. me, it took me way longer for me than you did. Um. All right, next one here. Number actually, eight. by the way, I don't think that was the case. You don't think you that know, was the I don't believe that at all. Actually, oh, interesting. I I believe that. I don't think I was any mentally stronger than you at yeah. all. Yeah, I just think I ha I got less flack. Okay. you know what i mean yeah like like i think you know there was no difference in our level of mental if anything you're you're more probably mentally stronger than oh me. yeah especially in my early days of league i think it's the other way around yeah. dude i think you're way more mentally stronger than me and the only reason it seems like that that i am is is actually it's, a, it's actually an illusion it's delusion because i just didn't get as much hate as you you yeah. got more hate because you had to improve from i had to, I had to come back to the game yeah i never really left. Challenge every i was season. kind of in the oh, scene yeah, still point. and playing the game that. so yeah. i think that's just that's not really the case oh yeah that's yeah that's actually just straight up not true because you were mm. playing challenger season every season i mm. took three four seasons off yeah so, so you had to go through so, a painful so, experience of rebuilding so everyone knew who i was season three and then i had to come back and i had that's to brutal. cop the abuse because I was, everyone knew my name. And, and your skill level and, decreased. And my, the spotlight was on me. How is Rippy or Nathan not going to be performing here, you know? I mean, it's, an, it's like an impossible. It's pretty hard. Brutal. It's really fucking hard. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, what you've, that, I mean, what you've gone through is an incredibly, <laughs> co that's a confidence builder right there. Yeah, I guess that is, right? That's a good point. Love it. There we go, Curtis. I got some like, some confidence from the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna tear up the rift tonight. All right, uh, the blaming habits. You 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 either think it's all my fault and feel guilty, or it's all his fault and feel angry and resentful. 
I don't think we need to go much into this one. This mm. one's really obvious. Obviously, mm. you know, blame, don't blame your teammates and stuff like that. Yep. Or take too much responsibility. Is that what that means? You either think it's all my fault. Yeah, that's that's what it will be for me in my case. I think my, that was you. Yeah, you were a victim game. of that one, Absolutely. I think. It's all... Yeah, this game's all on me, so... But then there's like another one there. It's like, I don't deserve to win this game anymore because I made an early mm. game mistake. I guess that maybe ties into it. But that was the narrative. Yeah, I don't so really have... self-sabotage the game. I don't really have anything for that one. Uh, and the last one here, number nine, the it's not fair habit. Uh, you get upset when you feel that you've been unjustly treated, even though fairness is an unrealistic expectation. I mean, yeah, I mean, the classic one is promos. Like, why do I always get the shitty teammates or blah, 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 blah when I'm in promos or it's not fair? Uh, the example we used before, Curtis, when you're fed and you lose that game. Mm. All right? That's that's an easy one. Okay, yeah. You know, the... You're really strong. You're, like, meant to carry the game. Or it's like, why do I feel... No, the other one is, why does it feel like I need to play like Faker to win the game when my teammates just do nothing and get carried or whatever? But we're only seeing that one game. That's right. Right? That's the. I feel like that's the classic one. So that's, it's like, it's not fair. How come they're winning? And blah, But we're not seeing the games where you play average and they play well. You know, again, this is just a snippet of the league journey. Just one game. The rank system is fair. The rank system is very good, guys. It always places people in the rank that they deserve over the long period of time. We've seen it time and time again. So the last line that says, even though fairness is an unrealistic expectation, it's like, yeah, it's it's unrealistic to be fair in but, that one game. But in a way, right, you know, understanding your league journey, it, to, in order to accept that contract, like the, the solo queue contract and the really truly internalizing your league journey, you've already kind of, in, that means you've already understood that life isn't fair. Right, because the part, the, the like the the underlying um, premise of the solo contract and understanding your league journey is that we we don't we're not all on an even playing field because we had different experiences, gaming backgrounds, different gaming backgrounds, yeah. played the game for a different amount of time. Our brains work in differing ways. You've had differing role models. You've had some had older brothers that could have guided them through the game or friendship groups that could have pushed them in high school or whatever it might be. So it isn't fair in that way, you know? Like it's, it, it we, you know, in order to, if you're a, a real like uh, BBCer in a way you, you, and you, uh, you've been following the philosophy, you kind of already kind of get that. That shouldn't even be a thing in a way, right? Mm. Yeah, that's. I think that's a better way of putting this. This uh, last thinking habit there is about. Yeah, I could see it's like okay. I feel it's unfair that I play two hundred games yeah. and I'm in silver, and I've got my friend who gets diamond every season, and he plays like any champ he wants and doesn't do any of the BBC philosophies. That's again, very common. And but that, remember, we got to get the context there. The context is so important. Why that's the case? Yep. We Maybe can, they they they've played many other high level games, or or maybe they haven't. Maybe they are just talented. Yes. <laughs> you know, that could be yeah. the case. <laughs> Literally. You know, what do you want us to say? Yeah. You know, both could be true. I don't know. But whatever it is, that's not going to help your specific journey. And it doesn't change the action about you. Yeah. yeah. Spot on. All right, so Curtis, great. that's the end of our psychology lesson. Awesome stuff. I've got a really great flow on little quick tidbit topic here. So, um, uh, R. Dizzle reached out to me and he said he was really 
struggling in solo queue and he made the climb recently, big plateau point, climbed through a plateau point. And I asked like, what helped him? And he gave me this very interesting response, which I was not expecting whatsoever. So apparently he came across a, a Buddhist metaphor and this Buddhist metaphor guy changed his perspective on solo queue. That's what he said. Yeah. And he got it, I think, from a Healthy Gamer, because you know Healthy Gamer yeah, is kind of yeah, into, he's that, into that Eastern philosophy. Eastern philosophy, and 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 I and I did a bit of research, and I, I stumbled across this article, and I kind of want to read parts of this article that deep dives into this Buddhist um, philosophy. So I'm going to start with the the saying, the teaching from the par- it's a parable. Um, it's called the Parable of the Second Arrow, and it goes as follows: The Buddha once asked a student. If a person is struck by an arrow, is it painful? The student replied, it is. The Buddha then asked, if the person is struck by a second arrow, is that even more painful? The student replied, it is. The Buddha then explained, in life, we cannot always control the first arrow. However, the second arrow is our reaction to the first. And with the second arrow comes the possibility of choice. Okay, so that's the parable. So what we're going to do now is kind of break down what does this mean? What does okay. this parable really mean? I'm completely lost. Okay. That's okay. I was too. So in life, we have, you know, shitty things happen, right? An event or whatever. Things make us feel bad. That's the first arrow. Okay. So unfortunate things happen. That's the triggering event. The reason why you feel bad, you know, um, not okay, unsettled, whatever. As humans, we have a tendency to quickly hunt for reasons as to why the shitty thing occurred. And more often than not, we tend to turn blame on ourselves. There's something wrong with me. There's something defective. I'm unlovable, not good enough. I'm falling short. I failed somehow. And this is the self-blame turning inwards against oneself. This is the second arrow. So essentially, um, you know, the first arrow is the event. That's the someone, something doesn't go your way. Your response to that first event is the second arrow. Now, you can either be angry that that event has happened, and that's going to double the pain and make it way worse. So it's your, yeah, so you need to have what the reaction is to that first bad event. Because the way I'm literally visioning it as a metaphor, like imagine an arrow coming at you, right? Yeah. And you get hit in the shoulder, you're like, oh, fuck. And then you can either be like, oh my God, there's an arrow in my shoulder. Yeah. And then another arrow comes and like gets you in the shoulder. And yeah. then while you're busy reacting that, you get hit again. But if you were like, okay, shit, what up? is there another one coming? And then maybe you can avoid the next one. That's like what, how my mind works anyway. I don't know if that's the way it was intended. No, cool. I was definitely visualizing getting <laughs> hit by an arrow, yes. <laughs> anyway, first of all, we need to become aware of this pattern in ourselves. It sounds simple, but it's not. Because the pattern of self-blame is pretty deeply ingrained in all of us. So try it out with something small first. So you say you're on the motorway, your car breaks down, and you're sitting by the side of the road waiting for you know the, the people to come help you. You're starting to spiral into second arrow territory. The pattern of thoughts might look like this. I should have gotten that service, but I never got around to it. I'm so bad at keeping up with that kind of stuff. I need to get better at looking after my stuff. If I hadn't been so forgetful, I could have gotten to this. Now I'm going to be late. My boss is mad at me. I'm missing the meeting. Last week I was sick and this, is, this isn't going to help. I'm really falling behind at work and I'm never going to get that promotion. So you see, we've escalated rapidly through self-blame town and shot all the way to 
crap, I, you know, I'm crap at this job. I'm crap at my job. We cycle so quickly from this feels bad to I'm bad. Mm. Next time this happens and you're in the grip of it, try to remember and spot the pattern. When I'm practicing this, I sometimes quietly say, I see you second arrow to myself. Noticing it takes away so much of its power, recognizing that it is a pattern that it doesn't, you know, necessarily represent reality, but it's our kind of faulty interpretation of it. Um, and then, so, you know, basically this article goes on to say, you know, sometimes we need to be, we need to be nicer to ourselves and, and the, and the toolkit that this person uses is, for example, um, uh, what would I say to my girlfriend or boyfriend, mother, son, or best friend, if they rang me and told me this happened to them? That's an interesting little toolkit, isn't it's it? Very I like that a lot. I, I like that a lot as well. Imagine like if your sister rang up and said, Hey, Nathan, I'm struggling with this, you know, that this happened to me. You know, you put yourself in like the advice type. Yeah, it's like you're zooming out. You're like, more emp- you're more empathic or more kind mm. or more caring for that for that person because we're harder on ourselves, mm. right? Which is really interesting. But mm. obviously, you can't do that in a game of league. It's mm. more of like a post game reflection thing. Yeah. Like, why am I playing so shit? Whatever. But the league yeah. example. So I love that. That made so much sense to me about the what the how the thought pattern works. It goes from mm. this and then it bounces yeah. to the next arrow, the next arrow, the next arrow, the next arrow. For league, it's like. Uh, so I have like on the left, all right, challenge player, annoying event happens in the game. Someone gets caught, someone dies, challenge player. What's next? What's next objective? Bam. What, what's what's thing, next right? is the toolkit to help with that. That's right. And then you have on the, the, the right side, it's okay. Teammate dies. Oh, I always get the bad teammates. Oh, you know, oh, now I'm never going to climb. Oh, I lose, lose this man LP. This LP. And so now I've got to climb that back. And oh, why? And then you probably get down to the bottom. It's like, okay, why am I playing league? I hate this game. You know what I mean? Like, that's literally what we'll go what down to. What the fuck to. am I doing in my life? <laughs> yeah. This is what a waste of my time. Yeah, I could have been stemming, doing that. All stemming because someone got caught in the game. And I'll be honest, I fell, I've fallen on that trip, that, tri- that, that little cycle Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll actually now read his message to me and how it helped him. Right, So he said, um, ever since I picked up League as a serious hobby, there have been little things that drive me crazy. For example, flashing away from an enemy and dying to the melee auto, Yasuo wind wall, you know, my jungle tower, my jungle diving mid or whatever. Each time I would die or get fucked from something small like that, it would eat away at my lull state. I knew this wasn't good. And since being in the MLA, I've been trying to pick up ways of trying to get out of this bad habit. The day before I started my win streak from gold three to plat... He, st- he heard this Buddhist parable, the second arrow. Whoa. And I- I'm unsure of the- And it basically said, yeah. Um, and he said, I have felt like I instinctively realized this at some point. I just didn't have a way to get myself in the mindset when the emotions ran high. Now when, when it happens, I just think second arrow and it clears my head instantly. And I can just focus on the death timer, lull states and come out with a plan. And this helped him because now he has something practical. to latch onto. It's like, yeah. oh, that's what's happening. Yeah. Now I can see how I'm going down that, that route. How cool is that? Love it. I love the, I love those little stories. Stories are very powerful. Metaphors and these things, they're, they're game-changing, they're seriously. Game well, look at that for him, dude. That's crazy. Got him from Goldthwait to Platt. That was, that so was a practical. not... Because he couldn't get past these things. It was preventing him from using his lull states. Mm. Simple as that. Cool. All right. Should we move on to Summoner School? Is it Summoner School or my clips? It's Summoner School first, Summoner School? Okay. The clips can wait, Curtis. All right, our Summoner School post of the week. This one here got 140 upvotes. The title of this one is, Why do I keep wanting to pick a different champion? So we're moving into the why. We've got some more cognitive behavioral therapy here going on here, Curtis. 
So I started searching for a main a couple of days ago, going through each champion and seeing if I liked them or not, and putting them into a text document saying if I like I if I liked playing as them. I came across Kane. I figured that my favorite melee weapon was a scythe. And he has a lot what I want in a champ. AoE, mobility, badass skins, unique gameplay elements. And now what I know that I like playing him, I'm constantly seeing people play other champs better than I'm playing... Um... So basically seeing other people play him better than I am. Okay, is that what he's saying? Wait, yeah. oh, sorry. So he's constantly seeing other, play, seeing other people play other champs that are better than him. And he keeps wanting to play their champion. Ah, there we go. Keep on playing that champs. Yep. Yeah. Kane is clearly the champ for me, but I just repeatedly find an excuse to not play him. Does anyone else relate? How do you fight this and just play one champ that you like? So before we read the comments, if we do want to read the comments, um, yeah, I mean, this is just trying to find the next big, the next little... Gimmick? Yeah, the next gimmick, right? Because it is fun to win right in a way and then it's like oh that person's winning on that champion um you know if i change the champ then maybe that will give me the win right it's like searching for the next yeah band-aid solution i guess it's like isn't it interesting there is again sort of saying just such a disrespect to the execution that person might be like a one trick or had so much Mm. experience it's like saying it's like it's in a way it seems like it'd be egotistical it's like Okay, I feel like I'm better than everyone else in this game. If I just play that champion and put it on me, I'm insane. Mm. That's what like, sort of, I like. You know from what as the well. solution is of this, by the way? Yeah. What this is, what this screams to me, is this person's never pursued mastery yes. in anything. Okay, that's a bit that's a bit extreme, Curtis. I was going to say never actually properly learned a champion in the game. No, I'm going to really? say they right. never pursued... Because think about it, right? Yeah. Like, if you pursued mastery in a craft, yep. you would know that the start sucks in everything. Like, if you learn guitar, it sucks at the start. If you learn a language, it sucks at the start. Everything that's worthwhile doing is shit at the start. Name a skill, it's boring. It's, re- it's repetitive. Mm. You're, not getting, you're, not do- you're not doing anything. You're not really creating anything of meaning. Mm. So, so what happens is that we've got to create the foundation, create, do the groundwork, get in those reps, and then we can actually, you know, as you start to feel the skills develop, we can actually get somewhere and create something pretty cool. If he understood that or looked at League through that lens, and so it's either one of two things, right? He's either done that in another endeavor, but hasn't viewed League as a respectable that's craft. What it could be, as that's what a, a huge part of what it is. People just, just just shit on League as a video game, right? It could be that. It could be that, or he hasn't pursued mastery in anything. It's one or the other, right? So the way he's viewing League is he's not really treating it or giving it the respect that it deserves. League is a game like any other craft. Every champion is like a. It's like an instrument. Every champion is like an instrument. Right, you got to put in the time. You got to put in the effort. You got to learn it. Put in the get, get the boring shit out of the way because learning a champ sucks. Right, you have to go through a lot of shit. It sucks. No matter what champ you learn, it's always going to be shit. But then once you start to get to game sixty, game eighty, game ninety, game one hundred, that's when things start to get fun. So no matter what he does, no matter what champion, he's never going to have fun learning a champion. So he's just going to have to suck it up. That's the advice. Suck it up. Yep. I like that. And uh, yeah, going to the thing about he's never properly learned to champion. Just think about this. It's just such a basic thought experiment, right? Okay, so so he wants to... It sounds like he, he, wants, to, he wants to play another champion because they're playing it better than him. Um, and he wants to play their champ because it's like, okay, they're winning the game with that champ. You know, just do the thought experiment for just a second. So why is it 
that there can be a Kane player gets a challenger. There's Kane one tricks out there that gets a challenger. Why? How's that? Why does that not apply? Mm. Like, just, it's just this logic, right? Like, you know, I always think about that sometimes, um, you know, with like when I was struggling with my Rek'Sai a lot, I was like, I feel like I'm just capped, but it's like, well, why is some, why is it like some Chinese guy on my server that can always get higher than me? You know, it's like, you know, just get into the details, figure out the champ mastery a bit more. It's just a lazy sort of, you know, excuse, again, defense mechanism. I mean, I guess, again, it wasn't so much a defense, maybe I guess I'd sort of had a narrative there. It's like, okay, well, he's just, he has more time than me. He's like a better player or all Mm. that sort of stuff. So there was things that would would be popping up there. But um, yeah, true. They could. It's more complex than that. It's yeah. not like we're on an evil, even playing field. No, yeah. yeah, that's right. So I guess that. Yeah. So now I guess that. But I. But I. No. But I. I totally resonate with what you're saying in the sense that I think there's something to be said about gaining inspiration from others. Mm. Like I think that's so powerful. Like mm. seeing someone else do some crazy shit on your champion at a much higher elo bracket. Even I'm not saying you're not going to get there. You might never get to challenger, but like. You might get somewhat you, you, close. You don't, you don't know? even need to get. You don't even need to like get even close to that level of gameplay to get to a pretty high bloody rank, right? Mm. If this guy's, I'm assuming he's like silver or something, right? Yeah. Like if you take three things from a challenger cane one trick, you're going to get to like gold yeah. very, very, very quickly. And yeah, I mean, you have to. Chain master is such an important part of the game. You it have is to, the game. It is the game. <laughs> it is the game. You have to do that with you like or not another champ anyway. So choose your choose your 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 adventure. You yeah. Know? So what do you want to do? And it's like it sounds like he likes Kane, so you got to do it anyway. That's Let's right. go. And so it's it's like, it's kind of like leveling up in an MMO, right? I mean, no one really, I mean, for the most part, enjoys leveling up in an MMO. I mean, some people do, but for the most part, it's kind of the end. Everyone wants to get the end game yeah, content, end game content rating right? and, and like rating that. and stuff yeah. like that, right? So it's the same thing. The and the last thing I'll say here, I mean, I I, think, I always believe this: why people always change champions because they. They get past the honeymoon phase on their champion because the honeymoon phase is there's no expectations and you play more free flow. That's why people a lot of the time have more success yep. playing lots of champions in the short term. And they just focus on the weaknesses of the champion, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, and then you just laser focus on them rather than thinking about the strengths of the champion. And that's why people switch champs all the time. So hopefully he watches this. Good luck with that, finding that champion. I mean, he's already found the he's champion. He's found the champion. He literally found, just put in the work, dude. Come on. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think what he needs to do is he needs to understand. Um, yeah, if he needs to under, I mean, that's why he's asking the question. Why do I keep wanting to pick right. a different champion? So if he ticks that off, he understands the psychology around that. That will help Boom. him. Give, he needs to create tools around that. When these narratives start popping up and he said that this champion is better than mine and stuff like that. And then you just dispel that narrative and just back to the game. That's what he needs to do. Spot on. Right, so let's move on to Curtis's clips. Let's get into the details, guys. And welcome, everyone, to Curtis's Clip Corner. Okay, so we're diving straight in here. Now, we talk a lot about lol state usage. Lol state usage, in my opinion, is the foundation of high elo. Okay, now, I believe, still to this day, that a huge one of... one of the biggest differences between Diamond 2 to Challenger is the way... Oh, wait, two things. The amount of lol states they use and the quality of the lol state usage. And overall, just being aware of where everyone is on the map at all times. Now, this was a, uh, a client who was about high diamond. And he was killing it, 
right, doing a really, really great job. He's 4 0 Ari heading into the mid game. They actually won a team fight, so he's actually been staying on the map a little bit. He's sitting on about 1,000 gold. He's in a very commanding position right now as an Ari. You know, he dominated the Lux. He's up three levels onto the enemy Lux right now. The enemy Lux doesn't even have a single completed item by 17 it's minutes. It's a huge gap. <laughs> yep. Dude, yep. dominating, right? Yep. And so in, in a situation like this, he is the main win condition. He's 4 0 and Ari. You know, he doesn't. Like, he has other relevant members on his team, but he is the main carry. He can't really afford to make a mistake in this game. And so what happens, he's kind of like not... He's in a bit of a lull state, right? He's walking kind of um, around his tier two. He's looking at tab and, and kind of seeing, you know, what's going on. And what happens is that he loses focus for a little bit. And he starts shoving mid. The team kind of rift, rift, uh, rift mid. But little does he realize he's got his AD carry shoving out waves on top side. He's got his top laner shoving out waves on bot side. And he doesn't have ultimate. So what happens is that he goes into a fight. It's kind of like a you know an off tempo fight, if you will. Three v you know a three v four or whatever it might be. He elongates the play, and instead of saying no and just disengaging and accepting that his support died, he tries to go in, pick up a kill or two, and uh, ends up giving across his shutdown. And I looked at the and I said, this is the difference. I literally said, I sat him down. I said, this is the difference mm. right here. Mm. One lol state cost three kills. Actually cost you eight, four kills. One lol state cost four kills, four deaths on your team. Yep. This is the probably He's just given the enemy team about 1500 gold. Boom. You've just now completely changed the trajectory of the game off one single lol state. And if we go back to that lol state, we should have been observing a few things. Number one, um, the location of your teammates. Your your AD carry is going to the side lane. Your top lane is going to the other side lane. Reference points with your champion. You don't have ultimate. So if you don't have ultimate, you shouldn't be looking to make a single play, especially as a win condition. You don't want to be giving your shutdown. And 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 because he was not really focused, maybe order, but maybe getting complacent. He's won a team fight. He's really really fed. Whatever, for whatever the reason. This led to his team basically getting aced, and now the game is significantly harder than it needs to be. And so, you know, I'm here just to... The reason I wanted to show this as a clip is because it's just that simple. Yes. One lull state. One lull state can completely ruin change... Can ruin the game. Yeah. Now, people always say, Curtis, well, but, you know, surely, you know, one lull state, I mean, everyone... no one, not, not everyone uses every single lull state and they still climb. The reason that is the case is not because lull states aren't important. It's because the enemy also aren't using their lull states and they're going to give you opportunities. So the way I view it is that as long as I use all of my use lull states properly, at some point, the enemy's going to give me an opportunity. And, and that... And the reason I want to explain it in this fashion is because that's what I mean by letting the win, letting the win kind of bring about itself. So that's the concept that I've been really, you know, fascinated with recently is this idea that if you do your job, you use your lull states, you know, you understand your champ's identity and the win condition, the win kind of falls into your lap. Mm. Right, the wind falls into your lap, and and I've been trying to figure out why is that the case. That is the fundamental reason because the enemy are highly likely not using their lol states well. They're walking. Let's say the jungler, the enemy jungler is walking towards their camp, and then they're not realizing that you've the enemy team, which is you, has actually got full control of that side of the map, and you just go kill the jungler in there. That, that, that's going to happen in Dark. That's going to happen that millions of times. It's yeah. going to happen to Master. Yep. Absolutely. So, so that's my point. And so today, guys, you know, if you are an aspiring master tier player, you know, you're even in high plat, low diamond, you're trying to make a push. I mean, even in gold, every elo bracket, you know, a goal that we should all have is to be as 
switched on for every major lull state. It's a very important habit and you want to build that as early on in your journey as possible. Don't be walking to lane thinking what you're having dinner for dinner tonight. You know? No. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be alt tabbing. Alt tabbing, <laughs> you checking be... your phone, checking the Spotify Very, playlist. very important. Curtis, can I test my mid lane skills sure. for with you? So if I was coaching this guy, right? The correct play for him is to go top and spam ping misfortune to go mid. Well, let's go even further back then. So let's say why why we're even in this scenario. So let's to give a bit of context. Need more context yeah. So what happened? Like we killed three of them, and then it looks like Rexai was trying to counter shove mid. So no one was going there. So he felt the need to defend mid mid tier to uh, catch this big wave, right? Yeah. So now he's in mid. And then because MF was closer to the top wave, MF looks, I think, goes top here in a second. So he just starts to push the next wave? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah. Pushing this next wave is fine, but they just shouldn't be playing. So what I think you should do here is get this wave. And then instantly running away. And recall. Yep. Beautiful. Done. Spent, sell your yep. sell your um, refill yep. and then buy a um, alternator. Yep. Easy peasy. Or something, whatever. again, you want your reference points. You can't fight. Yep. Your team, your Yone's base in Misfortune's top. There's nothing yep. to do. You have no ult. You can't do yeah. jack shit. And you would, people say, well, like, well, well you know, Malachi might not rift herald this, by the way, if you back off. Yeah. You know, so your body language is influencing and, and, this. And you're not, there's no plates here anyway. Yeah, like what's the point? So yeah. it doesn't really matter. That's right. To be honest. And even if you miss the, the tower gold or whatever, yeah, who it cares? gives a shit. I really don't care. You're your team will enough. back off if you back off. You know, 100%. Because like, again, the, his you're team influencing through body language, body language here. Absolutely. Game losing, dude. All right, cool. I just want to test that no, out. You're a mid lane coach now. Congratulations. Mm, okay. Well, I know. I mean, technically I was wrong. But in general, <laughs> the macro though should be Ari goes yeah, to the side Yeah, I agree. Lane, right? I mean, in, our, in an ideal world, what actually happens is that after the Rift Child here, um, MF, I mean, ideally MF is already getting off the Rift and yeah. walking mid and then Ari's going Ari top. should be going straight top right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, what the hell is... Oh, well, it was mid? it was oh. a big midway. Oh, because he wants to go catch No, what I'm saying, MF shouldn't have been helping that long. I yeah, think MF yeah. should have been walking to the mid earlier yeah. or something like that. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on. A mailbag. Away we go. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All righty then. Our first question here comes from Matt. Title of his email is, Is it worth it to pick up a new role to improve my gameplay? Hey, Nathan and Curtis, big fan of the podcast and the YouTube content that you guys have created over the years. Most notably, Nathan's wish here would bring back the Your First Jungle Clears and Red to Raptors. I found them very helpful and have seen every one. Yes, I've been slacking on my YouTube recently, so that's a good call out there. Before I get to my question, here's a quick look into my League of Legends gaming background. I'm a 26-year-old Aussie bloke from South Australia. I've always been a video game addict and naturally gifted gamer. Any game I picked up, whether it been shooter, strategy, racing games, I was always the best amongst my peers. League of Legends was one of the few games where I was only just middle of the pack. My first competitive PvP game was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which I started playing at 11 years old. I was completely addicted to this game and would jump on every time I got home from school up until it was time for bed. Eventually, I found my way to League, where it became basically the only game I played. My other notable achievements were reaching top 10 North America server on Hearthstone and 600 LP Grandmaster on TEFT. Eventually, I would keep dropping all other games and come back to League. I, find, I first started playing League back in Season 2. I played a bit of everything, mid-top, mostly ADC, but eventually I got pushed into the jungle role, as no one in the group of five I played with would play it and they were all terrible at it. 
They would ask me to play jungle saying so we can finally get a decent jungler for once. For most of my league journey, I actually resented the role and it wasn't until this year where I actually really started to enjoy it. My reasons for resenting the role were not because of the role itself, but because of the champions in the role. I thought most of the jungle champs were very one-dimensional and boring. Champions like Amumu, Jarvan, where I thought there just wasn't any room for mechanical expression, and I looked at other roles and champions, such as Akali, Aurelia, Yone, Camille, with Envy. I naturally was drawn to Lee Sin and played a lot of him. And this season, where I really started to enjoy the role, was when I picked up Kindred and Balveth. My first season of playing ranked in Season 3, I achieved gold off of not many games played, not going any further as I was more interested in playing normal games with my friends. Uh, Ever since, every season since then I achieved platinum, some seasons playing AD carry, except season 7 and 8 where I took a break from the game. I was happy with getting platinum and went back to playing normals with friends. Uh, Season 2022 was the first time when I decided to make the push for diamond. I was climbing up the ranks pretty well, but eventually I got just got bored of trying and stopped at Platinum 2 with about 100 games. This season was different, however. This season was where I really started to absorb what you guys were preaching in your content, even after knowing about you two for a couple of years. Only now did I try it out. I signed up for Soul 2 uh, February this year, and after just under three months of getting into the details, I finally achieved my goal of hitting Diamond after 300 games. The shift of mentality of playing to get better, not playing to rank up, is what helped me the most with finally achieving my goal. I found previous previous seasons I worked would, um, I found previous seasons I would just get bored slash burnt out of playing ranked when I didn't achieve my goal. And this new shift in mentality seriously ignited a passion in me and a whole new love for the game. I've never had more fun playing League of Legends. So that's some background for him, Curtis. Any comments on that one? I think it's cool that he he found the game more enjoyable when he was focusing on improvement rather than rank. Very interesting. I think that's very telling, and and it's true. I think it's, it's the really, way it works, dude. I think it's just how it works, hundred percent. If you focus on the results and the wins, I mean, it's a couple of things. If you focus on the wins, even if you're winning a lot and you're not looking at why you're winning, you you get stuck all the time, right? Yeah. You know, you got to remember when when we did the expert episode and we we're saying we enjoy winning. He enjoyed we he enjoyed winning so much that he would do anything to try and figure out how to win more. Mm-hmm. That's very different to just thinking temporarily. Oh, I win, I have fun. Versus I lose, I don't have fun. Therefore. When I lose, I'm just going to stop playing. It's like, well, I lost. I got to figure out how the fuck out I win more, right? That's kind of the way I interpreted Expertu's episode where he got fun He got fun and enjoyment from winning, but he was trying to figure out how to win more. That was what made it fun. You know what I mean? Rather than just winning. It's like, a, it's like two Big parts of The difference of like trying to figure out how to yeah, win more versus yeah. like just the actual just, I got to win. Yeah, that's I right. I played League of Legends and I won a game. That's right. So my question to you guys is, uh, since I hit my goal of getting diamond, I set a new goal of hitting master tier. I would like to achieve this goal, but at the same time, I look at my gameplay and I can see that jungle is by far my best role and I'm disappointed in the fact that I'm not good enough to match up with other diamond players if I were to get autofill bid top 80 carry. So even though I would love to hit master tier on jungle, I kind of wanted to start from scratch on a new account and play a new role such as mid and achieve diamond on that role first before pushing for master tier. I want to improve my game as a whole and not just as a jungler. I want to get better at tethering trading and simply better at just outplaying my opponent mechanically. The thought of manipulating the wave to gain an advantage and using it to crush them without them realizing what just happened gives me chills. It sounds so fun. These aren't skills that you really get to learn when playing jungle. So do you think I should go for it and pick up a new role or should I stick with jungle and push for master tier? 
Um, also, would you, Curtis, be willing to pick up someone like me who is not a true mid lane main into the mid lane academy? Um, mm. So, yeah, obviously, I know Matt because I've worked with him a lot. So, some, mm. some contacts and some things. So, yeah, so Matt's, Matt's a, definitely, I'll put him up there as one of my better, one of my best um, Soul 2 students. Like, really understood the improvement, really mindset, you know, as we mm. sort of see thing here. Um, but yeah, you could definitely tell that he had a knack for understanding because he's high, higher rank in other games. Like you just are going to improve quicker at league. Like just, I've yep. just found, you know, so, cause he could understand, you know, things like tempo and efficiency mm. and that sort of stuff that you learn just for just the way games work. And that was the same for us. Like we were, you know, really good. You were counter-strike and I was a bit of a walk-off arena player and we were able, I was challenging my first season. Um, because, you know, I just had the knack for, you know, how to get good at the game, with good games, like understanding limits and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, he was definitely a really easy person to coach because of his talent, but also, again, because of his, um, yeah, I mean, talent's just one part, but because of he was really excited to get in the details and he, mm. he asked really good questions um, and made a lot of mistakes. Like, he just didn't care about making mistakes. So Sounds like a dream client. Absolutely, absolutely. Loved working with him. So, I'll, uh, Curtis, you probably know my question to this. But yeah. Dude, just you stick it out with jungle and, you know, get, get, you know, I mean, he might be thinking like, because you know how we say the game starts at Master Tier? Like, get a role, mm. get a, one champion to Master Tier first, and then you can maybe look to expand and look, because you still don't really know the game holistically, even from a jungle perspective. Yeah. But yeah. it sounds like he really likes playing other roles, though. Yeah, this is the thing. It's a tricky <laughs> one, right? Like, I, I, I totally see where you know, you're coming from where it's like, there is something there. And it's kind of what X-2 said as well. It was like, when you're playing in a highly ELO bracket, you kind of just get better at the game because you're, you're versing better opponents. Like you adjust to a rank and stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, like what he said, he said he does enjoy, like he's always kind of fantasized playing assassins. You know, he's always like Akali, whatever it might be, Aurelia. High yes, mechanical right? High mechanical champions. He's put like right? Yone and Camille and stuff in there. But, you know, you know, I think that you've gone this far with jungle. You've got momentum. I think it would be silly to stop that momentum. Agreed. Like, I feel like you've you've done all this work. You've put in the hard yards. I feel like this journey to D4 to Marcel will be fun as well. I think you'll have a lot of fun. And I think that now that you've you've got, you know, you've, you've really understood the process, you, you're really starting to get the jungle fundamentals. I think getting to master would be a really smart move. And then at master, then you can kind of recalibrate and be like, okay, do I want to get a lane up to master? And I think that would make more sense. Yep. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with Nathan. I think stick it out, get to master and then recalibrate. I think that would be a great usage of time. You'd get better at the game holistically. And then if you want to go to mid, we can get you in the Midland Academy and help you there. If not, you might get to master and be like, I love this. I'm having fun. Continue up, try and get grandmaster. I don't know. Go with the flow. But I, I think, yeah, it would be a shame to throw out the work that you've done. And you've got momentum. And I think league is about momentum. I agree. Dude, and put it in context as well. Dude, three months. Mm -hmm. Been platinum forever, you know, to get into diamond. Like, yeah. doesn't really make sense to swap now. No, you know, I like that, that's not a long time in a league journey perspective, especially when you're pushing these ranks like the yeah, top. Yeah, and, of the and even of the if this base. year, like, let's say this year, let's say you know he grinds split two, continues in the soul two, and pushes the master. That would be a great year. You know, that's that's an amazing year. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Think about that, you you know, the whole of twenty twenty three for him is mastering a role, plat plat to master, really really solid jungler, and then you've just got that in your back pocket. You know what I mean? You've just got that in your back pocket, and then yeah, you can pick a top, another role where it's top mid eighty k whatever it is you want to do. So that's my advice. 
Great. All right. Uh, so do with that what you shall, Matt. Yeah. And also, we don't know what it's like in your mind, and we don't really know what what is it that brings you the most joy and satisfaction. That's just our take. You got to have a think about that. You know, but that's our suggestion. All right. Next one here comes from Nasus, the champion Nasus. Apparently, hi Nathan and Curtis. I don't know. Maybe that's actually his name. Hi Nathan and Curtis. I'm Nasus, currently a D4 player who has been around. Um, since season one, I've spent time in both the Soul 2 and the Midland Academy, uh, though during different periods and for varying lengths, and have also been a, a long time watcher of the Broken My Concept podcast. I really love the content that you both work on together and has definitely helped me work through some shortcomings in my league career. My question is this How do you deal with a lack of motivation from the climb before between Diamond 4 and Master Tier? Personally, I've been D4, D3 on different accounts in different roles since Season 4, but have never been able to make that push to get into Masters. I'm a very rank-oriented player, which I know isn't a positive thing, but every time I get into D4, D3, the games start to become much tougher, and I feel that the wins are no longer in my control, but rather a mixture of a lowering, lowering amount of personal performance and the increasing reliance on the performance of my teammates. Just recently, I joined the Midland Academy and climbed to Diamond in mid Midlane, but after reviewing VODs, reading notes, guides in the Midland Academy and ta- talking with coaching, the gap between D4, D3 and Masters seems so large that it's almost insurmountable, especially when it seems that I have some very large knowledge gaps and have been attaining my rank mostly on mechanical skill and champion mastery. Another big issue is that being a player who is very ranked focused, I know that some skill improvements for the long term will cause rank deflation in the short term. And it's definitely something I've been scared of trying because of the hit to motivation due to rank ego. I know that you have all covered similar topics to this in the past, but just wondering what your thoughts are on this and how I should better break down the journey to Masters. The first thing I want to mention here, Curtis... I mean, this is sort of not really answering his question, but see, I think the introduction of the Emerald tier is going to help this a lot. Um, because again, I think that that it's really skewed, like the whole high platinum. It makes it larger. D- yeah, it makes it larger, you know? So it's like a... So he, you're saying he might be high Emerald tier? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Right? And then that will, it, it's more rewarding of a journey in mm. a way, because it's like, okay, now I'm a D4 and E3, because yes, the gap is a little D4 bit, E3, it's huge. It's, it's really big, you know? Yeah. So I think that that, just my assumption with what we talked about in the Rank Changes episode, Emerald Tier is going to help spread out the Platinum and Low Diamond players a lot more. I think that'll be good. Yeah, and especially that like D2 to Master and D2 to D4, that's like all very yeah weird. Like D2 should be like, yeah, D4, D3, D2. Yeah. You know what I mean? The current D2 it should be yeah. more divisions. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, what I will say though is that it it... it I think the root cause from from what I can gather here is there's a fear it's the it's the rank it's the fear of losing the rank he's he's scared of trying failing losing LP and then pushing him back down to platinum that's really that's for me that's kind of what it feels like he's holding him back in combination with you know, he is a little bit overwhelmed and maybe there is a bit of like a, again, a, a, an ego, a defense mechanism thing there as well. Like it's just, it's overwhelming to even try to kind of, you know, bridge that gap. And I think that like, you know, especially now at, in, in its current form, that whole D4 to master climb, it really, really forces you 
to just let go of whatever preconceptions you have about yourself and just get into the, it, it is the detail rank. Like, yes, it, it really is like, and I, I've said this on other episodes where, you know, that whole, especially D2 plus, but like, you know, the whole, even D4 to master, it's like, it's not about you anymore. It's about the game. It's about the win conditions. It's about your role in a comp. It's about understanding the game holistically. And that's very intimidating because you could get away with just playing your lane well. Yeah. Mechanics, I guess maxing, you feel whatever. less control in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's actually more control in a way because then you have full understanding of the map. But initially, until initially. you feel it, until you feel what playing the map feels like mm. and like winning the game through other people, mm. it's actually very daunting, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, because you're forced to think about other people more than you would have otherwise. Like in the past, in Platinum, you can think a lot about your mid-jungle 2v2 if you're a mid laner. You can think a lot about you and your lane, your 1v matchup. You can be inefficient with your macro and probably compensate with very good micro and mechanics and skirmishing it's a lot harder to do that the higher you get up though and so at some point he's going to have to address those core like he said those core underlying knowledge gaps in his gameplay and really get into the details so you know whichever way you want to chop it up you know sure he's got some weird focus on the rank or whatever but i don't i think he's gonna have to just be like okay there's things I don't understand and I got to be curious and I got to be open-minded and I got to be willing to sit here and grind and push. And to me, you know, if it were me personally, I would think bigger picture, right? I would get more excited. I would think, okay, I'm spending all of this time on my hobby, right? I'm slaving away at my PC. Do I want to sit here getting the same result for years? Like for me personally, like again, at a, at a personal level, I'd be like, I don't want to do that. That's I, enough motivation for you to be like, okay, yeah. screw it. I'm climbing masters. Like, like put so much time bigger, invested. Dude, think bigger. Like, I think you got to, you're, you're so, you're thinking small. You're, the, again, we've got the whole thinking, um, you're like away from and towards mentality. You're, you're thinking, how do I stop from demoting to platinum versus how do I get to D2? Become, yeah, D2 how do I become a, a diamond two player versus how do I prevent myself from falling to a P2, P1 rank? I think that's such a dangerous mentality to have. Like really think bigger. What would, what do I need to do to become a diamond two player? And, and, and make that your mantra. What is it that, what is it that I need? What are the areas that I need to improve? And then the more towards you become in your, in, in your, dialogue and the quality of your questions and everything that's going to get you in that frame of mind and you're going to have fun with it but now you're not really having fun with it because you're not truly you're not committing like a part of it is like you can't half-ass it you gotta you kind of gotta just go dive in the deep end mm. and that makes it more fun mm. because you've like you know it's like what we said the other day who was it um expertus tips for Solky said make the tough decision Make those tough decisions first, and then the rest is easy. Like the tough decision is, I really want to make that climb to master. I am willing to review my games. I'm going to sit down and review my games, and I'm going to stick to this process. That They're the three hard decisions. Mm -hmm. Everything else is easy. The execution of that is actually not that hard once you've decided that that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. I would follow Expertry's advice, man, and really just make those tough decisions. Or you might find that the tough decision for you is accepting that you don't really want to get master and you are comfortable being a Diamond 4 for, player for, for the rest of your league career. If that's what you want, then that's what you want. But that is a tough decision either way. You gotta, you're in purgatory right now. You've got to make a decision. That's at least what I think. Yep, I think the big takeaway there from what you said there is, yeah, just that that he's in this defensive mindset, you know, versus the towards. It's like, how can I just get better 
10 times. Go and say back to the Matt one when he, he just, he was never thinking about demoting. I think he actually did drop a lot. I think mm. he did drop to like Platinum 4. I, I, it's actually hard for me to remember it. Mm. But I'm, now I'm thinking he actually did. But it was never a conversation. It was just details, details, process, here we go. And um, then again, looking at his scenario, he probably had confidence because he came from other games. Mm. He's been, you know, now that I think of it that way. But, you know, you just got to blindly follow what we say. Guys, but in a process. way with him, I can see with Nasus, it can be, he might have that whole narrative for him where it's like, I've, okay, I've played the game for this long. I've never gone past this rank. So is it even possible? Yeah, is it, that's right. Right. That's me. really what's probably yeah. a huge part of what's holding him back as well. And mm. we're here to tell you it is possible. Because yep. <laughs> we've Absolutely. seen it time and time again with OG players. They can do it. And, and I've seen it. I've literally seen it firsthand. OG players that have played the games in season one. And I've seen them break through plateau points and get to master and grandmaster. You can do it, man. We believe in Unasus. We do. Take the plunge. Take the plunge. All right, that's it for our episode today, Curtis. Any parting words? That's it. Thanks for tuning in. Easy peasy. Easy. We'll see you guys. Keep on, guys. Focus on the process, reviewing, getting into the details. We'll see you next week.